Hi everybody, I'm Stefan Koritar and welcome to the Tech Talk Show. This is the podcast where we can discover insights and valuable information about how entrepreneurs build their startup in the tech industry. A collection of open talks about technology and creativity, people, experiences and life around tech business ecosystems. Everything with the main goal to help you get inspired, get started, dream big and build amazing businesses. My guest today is Paul Brie. Human, dreamer, coder, believing in the magic of technology and the CEO and co-founder at Teleport HQ. Paul has spent the past 25 years in the digital world as a coder, entrepreneur, advisor and investor. For the past five years, he has focused his work on corporate innovation as a member of the SDL innovation team, head of Mockups Enterprise and as head of R&D at Evozone of which Teleport HQ is a spin-off. He leads the Spheric Accelerator and is a proud co-founder of the JavaScript Heroes community and the JavaScript Heroes International Conference. Paul builds networks and ecosystems capable of generating interdisciplinary idea collisions, helps tech teams to transform their innovative ideas into products and promote cross-sector collaboration. Enjoy the conversation and thank you for listening. Hello, Paul. Hi. Uh, thank you for uh, taking time and joining me for a nice, quick chat. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, I'm going to dive in straight into what is the matter and what's the subject for today on the, on the table. Uh, what is Teleport and what does it solve? <laughs> Great question. Um, teleport uh, is uh, R&D startup which is trying to automate partially or in some case even uh, completely the process of user interface creation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does this by addressing several parts of that process from uh, prototyping, literally wireframing, including on uh, on physical, in the physical world, like on a whiteboard or in a paper, up to the design of that uh, interface in the what we call the playground or a SaaS platform, mm -hmm. where you have a, a no-code, low-code experience, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and this experience ends uh, in the hosting. So we are trying to cover all the process of the user interface creation from like the, the prototyping, the first stages, up to the end when you demo that prototype to the customer in a high definition. It's really the code, the final code that you, that you show. So if everything goes well, in some cases, we should uh, improve by a thousand percent the velocity on, on, on this process. Oh, wow. Um, that's a huge number to state. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and to follow on. Um, so I know a couple of things, right, about Teleport, but um, our listeners maybe not. How exactly do you automate with Teleport? How exactly does that process happen, right? Does it from hardware to software? How exactly is that entire process functioning? Um, so the process is uh, is quite long. If you if you look at things, um, there is a if if you take it for the paper, you are in like the, you are in the real world. Yeah. So the first thing we do, we take an image of that. Uh, you can just take a picture, or you can take a video, a video stream of the whiteboard in which you're working. And at each frame, basically thirty times per second, we are capable of making sense of that picture or that that 
between the stream, yeah. the stream, yeah. and transform it into into the code. So, at first hand, this looks like a very uh, heavy marketing feature. It's really impressive to see. <laughs> it's really fun. On a daily basis, you're not spending your time on a whiteboard prototyping the the wireframe. That's just a uh, the beginning of the process. Yeah. However, at industry level, there are some huge companies who have uh, thousands or tens of thousands of such prototypes every day at, at the size of a big IT company. So it is a real B2B case. And yeah. we, we've, we're in touch with a couple of companies that are working on that, that stuff. For our, um, I would say, prosumers that could be agencies or developers, um, very likely what they will enjoy is other features that are coming later in the pipe, which are basically the no-code and no-code experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, the advantage of that part is that you never touch the code, but the code is really good at uh, any time. Okay. And you can pick up from a list of 10 existing uh, code, different uh, code bases like, or frameworks like React, Vue, Nas, oh, wow. Next, really? uh, yes. Vue. I thought it was going to be just in one code base. No, no. That, that's, the, that's one of the things we, we really wanted to add into the port is this capacity to mutate the information from one state to another. This reason we called it teleport. Okay. Teleport is a bit of a meta yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. brand, <laughs> but it doesn't stop to what you see at the beginning, which is just transforming the wireframe to uh, the code. It will mutate that information in different states from very low definition to very, very high definition. Mm -hmm. So uh, without um, like selling any uh, secrets, we are working uh, already in uh, on, on some topics that are quite uh, crazy, but really fun. Okay. Uh, for example, one is what we call the aesthetics metrics, which will give you at, in real time uh, an indicator of how good your website is looking. So this is, is not a subjective uh, metric for the computer in that sense, because it respects about uh, 20, I think, 20 parameters of how you can measure the balance, the equilibrium, the spacing, the, okay. the digital real estate. In terms of UI? In terms of UI. Okay, so UI principles, well, yes. you get you get multiple data points of yes. UI principles and then you compare that, oh wow, exactly. that's really nice. That's really nice. And basically what we will be able to provide to our, our I would say, big customers, those who are making a lot of, of interfaces, we will able to tell them how their metrics are evolving over time mm -hmm. or if they're getting out of their own footprints. That means their style is changing. Mm -hmm. So that means if you have distributed teams, you will be able to know that uh, those teams, even if they're in different uh, countries or continents, they will always uh, be probably in the same cluster. That means you're the same style. Or if there starts to be a divergence, then you can look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are other ways of looking at of this information. For example, is to say, if I'm this cluster of, let's say, good practices, uh, that means I'm going to have something which is functional, which is uh, good according to the current standards. If it's completely out of that cluster, it means two things. Either I'm crazy and I'm completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Either I'm crazy, it's it's super good. Mm -hmm. So that 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 it needs a human look and like an, uh, an assessment. That's, that's that's really nice because I'm based on what you're saying, right? I'm just going and thinking. Um, so if you can do this and you know analyze uh, UI trends and principles, you can do this even I think from a localized perspective, right? So you can see what you have in Asia as a as a trend in terms of UI. What you have, you know, I don't know in North America and compare that. And I think you can, I think. Is it possible to, in time, observe trends? Not only that, but we're already doing it uh, in that sense that behind all these 
uh, craziness, which is not magic, it's really a lot of work. Uh, we've, we've built a parser that parses uh, tens of thousands of websites constantly, and this amount of data is just increasing. And we're doing a lot of curation around it, and we are labeling those websites by industry. So that means if you're in the in car industry, or if you're like the fashion industry, or if you are in, I don't know, uh, an e-commerce platform, you very likely will have to be in certain uh, places of this clustering. Mm -hmm. So uh, then you can segment that by countries, and obviously maybe if you have right to left, left to right, uh, writing or uh, yeah. top down, this will, will, will change. Right now we're focusing essentially on uh, left to right, the, the most classical for us, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if it would be in China, it would be completely different. Yeah, exactly. But we have to start somewhere. And in any case, it's it's very, very interesting because this this is going to be a little, literally a design fingerprint of whatever you do. So it's meta, but given that the number of uh, interfaces is going to explode, is going to be really useful to have an instant, uh, an instant assessment of it. Yeah. And that's one level. Then there's a more practical level where we're going to measure about 70 metrics about accessibility contrasts, how much space it is, uh, how much space you have between the lines, uh, things that are really much more practical and they're really accessibility related. Yeah, this is really crazy. Could you like, I'm just, I'm just going and you know, brain, the brain dumping on you with, and brainstorming at the same time. Is it, a slightly possible chance in the future that you could have um, like put, click a button right and generate Absolutely. a UI in for a, a specific feature. use case right for a product right in a close future oh wow I, I, I think this is, uh, this is uh, sounds crazy and maybe some people that are in the in the industry will will jump uh, on their chairs when they're listening to this but um, there's a lot of data to to, to, to to sustain this information in that sense that you can see already in the industry that uh, the big trend today is the low-code, no-code platforms. Exactly. I'm a uh, big fan. I'm a big fan of no-code movement. That's for a good reason. <laughs> First of all, because that makes you do things much quicker. Yes. And second things, because you don't depend on somebody, which is quite important. Yeah. Uh, and for now, some of them are maybe clumsy or not perfect but they're or you have to combine have multiple to products exactly yeah. but over time they're going to get better mm -hmm. and they're going to produce code that is better than what an average team would do so i don't think those platforms will beat the best development teams ever mm -hmm. but in 90 95 of the cases the code that you will get that is corrected by all these bots that are coming behind that could be for security, that could be for uh, accessibility assessment, for contrast, for design assessment, yeah. are going to guarantee you that the result in many cases is going to be much uh, better than what yeah. you get today. Which I think, I mean, when you have bots, right, bots scan globally, like wide information in terms of good practices when it comes to security, right? Yes. So it's much easier to, when you access a pool of solutions globally, it's much easier to have yes. a more effective, you know, solution and fix a problem. That's amazing. Wow, it's it's really close. We, I, we are in discussion with some industry leaders, and we're going to move this experience into the VR AR world. Okay. And instead of like designing the things on the paper, you're going to design them by air drawing things, literally with your hands in the in the air. You're gonna pinch things. And do that. And That's even mind blowing. <laughs> no, and it is. I mean, sounds mind blowing, but it is really technically doable today. Doable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We've, we've tested the, the headsets, uh, and our our ultimate goal is to allow for our users to manipulate holograms. 
Can I roll in into some kind of a beta or something like a waiting list? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the, bet, the platform is out since two months now. Uh, in uh, four to five weeks, we're going to integrate in that, into the platform all our machine learning capabilities. So it's okay. going to be the first real demo of all the knowledge and the technology that we've built. And uh, our goal is to polish everything and have a V1 that is really going to go massively into production mm -hmm. in, in the Q4 this year. Okay. Okay, that's a. You're gonna have strong quarters. Yes, it's a. It's a very interesting year. It's a. It's a all or nothing year. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting because I think people have hard times to believe that this is possible. Mm -hmm. We have all the data to 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 believe that it is possible to prove it. To prove it. But the the volume of work is absolutely gigantic. Gigantic okay. it requires a huge data science team, a huge dev team. Uh, a lot of data curation. So it took us almost two years to collect the right data, to curate the data, to clean it. We had we, we started with one million websites, but then we realized that there was so much garbage into it. So we had to really tear it apart. We built yeah. an engine that was telling us if this that is shit, the good, this, is, this is shit is not shit. Yeah. And that cleaned out 80% of the initial effort. And then- 80%? Yeah. And, uh, and then we had really still remaining like, with 200,000 websites that we have to decide if we want to keep or not. Yeah. And so we build other algorithms to, to check a lot of things so that we arrive to a pool of websites that we consider, and, they, and there's obviously a human bias, mm -hmm. that they are worthy to represent what uh, a website should be. Mm -hmm. uh, but doing this work has been an insanely amount of work that's completely invisible from a technological perspective. but. Without which, nothing would have been possible. Foundation. It's, yeah, foundation. Yeah, yeah. Very, very deep foundation. So I would say Teleport HQ is about a, a very uh, deep work in, in, that, in that domain. And well, you are in the deep tech space, so I mean... Yes, you, one would say <laughs> that probably they're both together. Yeah. But I, when I started, or when we started as a team to look at it, we had no clue that we would go that deep. Mm -hmm. What was the hardest technical challenge? in the process of building, building Teleport HQ. Interesting. There are many, uh, but there is one uh, on which we're still chewing on and we're really, really close, is the one that makes sense of the transformation of what you would see in the two dimensions. When you, when you draw on a page, everything would be look like being positioned in, the, in an absolute way. If, you, if you're a designer, it's like it has a X, Y mm -hmm. position. Mm -hmm. When you're in, a, in an application, this becomes a nested structure that has some dependencies, some children and some parents oh. uh, of which everything depends. The, so, I'm, not, I'm not an expert like in, in information architecture, but I, I guess it's the everything that you have in Photoshop, right? On, yes, it's, on it's the, the layers. The layers and everything. Yeah. So if you have imbricated layers, you have to make decision of how you imbricate those layers. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we are now the third version of our engine. And basically what we've done is that we, we decided to create a system that makes voting. And in fact, the three versions of our engines that we built, they all pass through the information and then they vote, each of them presenting their level of confidence that the right output is, let's say, A. Mm -hmm. And then if everybody votes for A, that means we're certainly in a good position. Mm -hmm. If the voting is, is not strong enough, it's something that we put aside and we observe and we retrain on it. And it, it, is, it was very interesting for us to see that for now, uh, a single engine was not good enough. 
And so we have three engines that are parsing the, the data at each, at each, at each moment. Mm -hmm. In the future though, and this might be the big breakthrough, mm -hmm. uh, given that our data quality is augmenting and that we start to narrow down the, the paths, uh, our deep learning, pure deep learning engine might be the winner and just make sense of it. Then the same way it would make sense of recognizing a cat. Mm -hmm. But recognizing a cat today is, let's say, quite simple in terms of uh, machine learning. Uh, but when you have to transform the picture of a cat, not into the word cat, but in a very deep structure that makes sense and that is uh, also working, because otherwise the code wouldn't work, mm -hmm. that's, another, that's another demo. And right now we have the intuition that our deep learning engine, probably by the end of this year, will will be good enough so that we only need one. Mm -hmm. And I also always have this image of uh, of looking at this problem like uh, at, a, at a mountain and you say, okay, I'm going to try this path and then you try this path and then you get stuck and then you come down and then you try yeah. another path. Yeah. So it looks like our third path, our third attempt is the one that is probably solved any kind of, uh, of issues. And even more than that, because it will be able to understand a huge complexity just in code generation, it will also be able uh, to understand other type of complexities mm -hmm. that are not code generation related, but are uh, maybe empathy uh, friendly. Yeah, yeah. So wow. it's, 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 a, it's, it's very, very interesting world. Gives you a lot of possibilities. Yes, it's a lot of possibilities. And I think the team, uh, started to think a lot about many other dimensions that are not technical, a lot of philosophical questions about the role of UX, about how much time is consumed uh, in a human's life by this, deciding what color you put on a button or not. Oh my God. <laughs> you get it? Yeah. And you don't want to go into enterprise corporate levels because that's, that's a, that's a huge, huge waste of time. Yes, and, I, and, I, and we believe that there's definitely enough data and now, and this is one of our bigger, biggest strength, the data that we've created and created ourselves is like a gold mine. It, it's so pure mm -hmm. that the results that we will get from it will be extremely pure as well. Uh, and we're learning a lot from, from that. It, there's a lot of things to, to, to see there. Okay. Um, you said free engines. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Um, when we started the... When we first published our work, that was in September 2018, mm -hmm. and the video is done with our first engine, which makes sense from, transforms basically what he sees in the picture into a structure that represents the code. That was the V1. Uh, later, uh, in 2019, we built a second engine, which was taking another approach than the first one, uh, and was also using a lot of algorithms that would uh, mix human deterministic algorithms with machine learning algorithms. Mm -hmm. And then we also, that's the second path. And then we arrived to a certain moment where decisions could not made, could not be made only by deterministic algorithms in the mix with other machine learning algorithms. And uh, the third path, in fact, started a long time ago, but took a lot of time to take off. So we didn't believe we would make it ever. And literally in the last two months, it started to take off in a dramatical way. Mm -hmm. So then we said, okay, then yeah, deep learning, it might be oh, the right way to, to tackle this, this thing. So are we building a, a, a Google competition? No, no, certainly. <laughs> I wish we could. No, it's hard to compete with Google. Come on, we would be extremely proud over here from, 
from Cluj, straight out of Cluj, right? Well, it's, I, I said in the previous uh, interview that I believe that Cluj, given the effort that is done today in the city, both on one side by, by Teleport HQ, our, our company, but also by the RIST, uh, which is a private-owned uh, research oh, institute yeah. Yeah, yeah. with Rezvan Florian, uh, they're also working a lot on, on this topic from another perspective. They, they're like trying a fourth path for, yeah. on this mountain. And we, we collaborated quite a lot and we exchanged uh, ideas. We got contaminated by each other's work. Mm -hmm. So that was extremely useful. And in, from, from what we know, in all the world, Cluj seems to be the highest concentration of people working on this topic today. So that means... On deep learning? No, no, no. On, on solving the problem of generating user interfaces uh, with machine learning. Oh, wow. So this is something that I didn't know. Yeah. This is new for me. Because, you know, in all my ecosystem discussions with people and stakeholders around, around here, um, and also narrowing some kind of you know, business strategies, is that, you know, what is known Cluj for? And, and nobody could say or pinpoint, like, Cluj is known for... I don't know, extremely very well health tech developers, right? Or I know you could you could name some some any kind of field, but this is this is really nice and interesting for me to find out that we have such a you know small niche. Yeah. If we succeed. If we succeed, it will be it will be great for the city yeah. and we will be proud of that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's uh, we really it's a it's a huge motivational factor. We wanted to make it happen here. I know that you um, fundraise, right? EU funding. How was that for you as a process? Was it hard? Was it easy? Would you recommend it? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, each fundraise uh, is different for each company. So I don't think there are, there are rules. You might have patterns, but I don't think there are rules. Uh, for us, I found it to be uh, quite difficult and exhausting. Uh, I think we spoke at least with 100 funds. So far, you spoke with 100 funds. Yes, to about invest and come to yes invest. for an investment before In, before going to EU funding or no no after, after, after we got into on the market we got contacted by about 100 funds. I think many funds uh, of, of from for, from this planet have contacted us. I think that video has triggered some imagination. Yeah yeah yeah, and a spiral and, of yeah, interest. But as, as always, uh, because what we're doing is an early startup and it's about a vision, we just realized uh, quite late actually that we should not talk to funds that are not led by visionaries. Right. And that was a mistake that we did at the beginning because we were not experienced enough and I never had to deal I with know this one. kind of stuff. I know one, a fund that is backed by visionaries. Okay. A true, truly ones, like the meta ones. Well, the, then let's talk. <laughs> so, so okay. that was the first lesson. Uh, okay. It was our lesson was like we should make sure that we are detecting the right funds, and today we're doing that very well. And mm -hmm. we only discuss with three more funds, uh, but which are really huge, mm -hmm. and uh, they can they will not enter in our phase. They're like a series A or later okay. stage, and they have the vision. But they're still waiting for, still waiting for you to grow until to grow. that. Yeah. Okay. And we have now a strategical partner. I cannot name it for now. Uh, and hopefully this will transform in a, an investment. Does he serve the, the partner? Does he serve as a uh, channel distribution way of? I mean, how does not that necessarily? No. In this Is case, it it's a vision. Technology. It's a technology. It's a vision. Uh, okay. It's a vision partnership. And uh, this partner might invest uh, directly in. Uh, 
in, in the company. In the company, okay. Yeah. We have we have an overlap between what our technology can do at scale for him. Mm-hmm. I, so you're not fundraising at the moment or stuff? We, we, we are. Okay. We are. So if somebody is listening and uh, is a visionary and wants to know more, they can they can talk to us. Okay. Uh, but hopefully we will close in, uh, in two to three months from now. Okay. That sounds great. I wish you good luck with that. Thank you. Um, since we're already here at the funding topic, what do you think about startup funding future in Romania since we are somehow building stuff around here? It's a good, uh, it's a good question. Um, I think there are, the answer might be, I would say, uh, how can I say that? Um, yeah, there's, there's not uh, one single answer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on one hand, I personally, I'm upset that there's zero support for deep tech companies. And by definition, to arrive to deep tech, which is a longer process, requires some kind of resources at the beginning. Right. So uh, I've, I've never heard, maybe they are, they are, but I've never heard in the past year of uh, a young guy having a, a crazy idea and that has received uh, a white check, yeah. a white check to, to, to go for that idea. Yeah. I think that's the huge difference between our ecosystem in Eastern Europe and Europe in general versus uh, the, the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, uh, there are still every year a couple of startups that are coming out of the ground. Uh, and things are better every year. So there are, many, there are more and more funds. Uh, I think the, the selection process is getting better. So I think it's a positive uh, evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, what, the place where I'm not happy with, and that's also one of my mission in Spheric, is to, is to make sure that the talent of the young people who are starting a, a venture is focused on some things that are deeper than just tactical uh, startups. Yeah. And I don't say tactical startups are not necessarily they're really useful and every entrepreneurship idea is a great one. Mm-hmm. But in the end, if you are a data scientist that can solve a big problem, maybe it is worth it to spend your mind doing that. Exactly. But without support, I you, agree. you have to do other things. You have to do what kind of society pushes you to exactly. do because there, there are no funds. Right, no, I agree. I, I fully agree. Um, so it's better, and but we could go better. And I'm, I'm having discussions at uh, local governance and hopefully at the governance level to 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 push towards that and uh, and to close maybe with this question. In Spheric, we are going to we are already uh, EU partner in distributing programs for blockchain and uh, data market services, mm-hmm. which is preparation for the for the startups, uh, and we are in the process of working on a bigger pro- project that will give some kind of kickstart money to the young kids from 14 to 24, which I think is a target that can make the difference. Yeah, I remember us having a discussion um, at, a, at a co-working space yeah. that um, if you get to the people at the exact perfect um, year, right, age, mm-hmm. that they don't get lost into the get hired stuff at the local companies and get, you know, comfy and stuff like that. So if you get them exactly when they have their idea and give them some money and some, you know, some some push for doing what they're called out, I mean, it, there's a big uh, possibility that that percentage will grow in terms of 
okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do entrepreneurship, right? Yes, and I've, I've, we discussed with many people. It's a project on which at least 30 people are working right now. Uh, it's not just spraying the money. and It, it is spraying the money, giving the support, and then acknowledging that those kids might have different paths, but we, we, we hope that we won't infect them. That's the... <laughs> I agree. That's the idea. <laughs> I agree. Um, coming back to Teleport HQ, which is, I think it's, it's, it's fascinating. Where did you, you, you end up today to be? Um, where did the idea came from? Like, what was the spark around it? Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, question. Uh, the idea has, uh, been, uh, has been built by many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not the first one to, to, to put it on the table. The first one, the first time it appeared was by one of my former colleagues, Mircea Pataki, mm-hmm. who had in, in mind uh, to create a, a local platform. That was the that was the low pay, code local platform. Okay, and at that time, I I must recognize I didn't believe into it. So I think I think he was a visionary and kind of understood the, the market really really well. Uh, and we applied to get money for that uh, for that that idea, and that's the money that we received from the EU was for for this part. Mm-hmm. By the time we got the money, indeed, local platforms uh, became uh, the, thing. The, the the thing. Yeah. So that was the right choice, obviously. And I, I, I must uh, salute Mircea for, for this uh, stuff. Without that vision, we would never have even started. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was that uh, at the time we started, the space started to be crowded. Mm-hmm. At least today, we think there's a little, at least 100 about those. Mm-hmm. So the, it's, not a green, like it's not a green field anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following the no-code movement and the local platforms. I mean, Bubble, um, Webflow... Like a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff combined. Yeah. yeah. And, and there are many flavors and everybody yeah. is trying a different twist. Uh, and we said, uh, there's no way that we in Romania can fight uh, a Webflow like mm-hmm. because we just don't have the marketing skills uh, and the market to, to, to be a player in that game. Yeah. So the only way that we could play a card is have uh, an exceptional technical asset, not just good execution, mm-hmm. like something that is really remarkable. Mm-hmm. And, and at that moment, we just said, okay, is there, is it in our reach to use uh, machine learning to solve a part of that problem? Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we even started to code and we, before we signed to get the money from the EU, we started to think about this. That was the, that was the initial stuff. So basically, Teleport is this idea of uh, a low-code, no-code platform, mm-hmm. which is, has tra- in its uh, transversal, uh, structure. Beam, yeah, transversal structure, these like, uh, beams of AI and machine learning knowledge mm-hmm. that suddenly will leverage all the data that is passing through the platform. This is the reason we say that we have an AI-wired platform in that sense that, you know, we're feeling everything that's happening there in the data. And at some point, there's going to be a, a breakthrough. Yeah. And then we're just going to take off. And that, that's the, that was the I vision. Think, I think it's just a matter of time. We, yeah. We're, I think it's just a matter. I mean, at least that's how I'm feeling it and seeing. Um, and I think it just, uh, I mean, I'm just, you know, based on what I'm reading and how other companies are taking off. Um, and also from the marketing tactics that, uh, you know, I've been studying is that, um, 
I think you need you know, strong channel distributions, channel partners to do that. And the thing like being in this in, in this no code space, right? I'm just thinking about just one particular, which I think can, I mean, growth hack you. Okay. You mean, you know, Zapier. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if you, I think if you, I mean, list on Zapier, I okay. think that's going to be like, like a fuel, rocket fuel for you. And if you take, Interesting. If you take yeah, if you take Zapier, if you take like connect to uh, Airtable, right? Every, every platform like this that is no code or has tangencies with no code movement mm-hmm. has kind of a like app store, right? Yeah. So if you list on that app store, everybody starts to use you. Just another thing is that to somehow to get on the Indie Hackers podcast. Okay. That would be another well, thing. Maybe we should start more often. We, we, can, we can call them out right on Twitter. I'm going to post this podcast on Twitter and then just tag them and start a conversation. <laughs> well, that could be a, a good idea, right? So. Well, I would appreciate that. It would be really helpful. We're, in the, we're starting the growth hack period right mm-hmm. now. Uh, and yeah, every good intention and help is welcome. Okay, so this will be really handy. Um, any future plans for Teleport HQ? Yes, uh, I think there is the the reasonable tactic uh, future, which is to make our platform uh, one of the best in its in its league when it comes to co generating. And I think we're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of the hard work already, and it's going to pay off. And mm-hmm. That's that's we receive feedback, so we know we're on the good track. And so we're going to add this polish. That's one thing. Uh, and uh, second thing is to, uh, for me, um, it's the, this vision that the future of years interfaces is going to be pretty much fully automated. Mm-hmm. And uh, this will free uh, designers and developers' uh, minds to, to think about something else which is important. More time for the empathy. Mm-hmm. or for things that really matter. And um, it is interesting to see how even the, the mood of our team has evolved over these uh, past years from being tactical players, just solving little things, solving the little code generation stuff, yeah. uh, and shifting towards thinking at a higher level and saying, basically, uh, we need more bandwidth in our minds uh, that should not be allocated to technical stuff, even ourselves for yeah. getting the pattern. plain execution, yeah. right? Yeah, we, we, we need to think so- something else with our lives. Mm-hmm. When I'm looking backward, I spent 25 years of my life doing CSS and web integrations, things like that. Uh, it seemed fun at the beginning, but today I hate it. I just want to do the, the essential things. Yeah. So, so I think Teleport will be a good, fantastic player in that, in that field. Mm-hmm. And, uh, second thing that we, is very important for us and it becomes uh, crucial is that we want to bake ethics into the into the platform at, at every level uh, it is not a technical requirement it is a human requirement mm-hmm. and that means essentially how we treat data how we treat our users how we treat ourselves because we are the users we all are the users so that was an important uh, part uh, of the of the thinking as well uh, and uh, the, the dream, and that's the vision that really uh, keeps me smiling at night, is that in, let's say, 18 to 24 months, you're going to be able to manipulate uh, with our technology to airdrop uh, holograms. That's, that's the dream. Oh, wow. That's, that's, what, that's what should happen. That's sick. Technically, oh, wow. it, is, it is, we know that the pieces are on the table, so the ingredients are, are on the table. 
So holograms, everybody says, oh, but it's coming, it's not coming tomorrow, it's not coming the day after tomorrow. But on the other hand, I just posted today a video about the Voyager headsets, and uh, I show, in which they show how they use it with Volvo, and you have this mixed reality while you're driving, and you wouldn't say that, that it is possible, but it is possible and it's in production. So I think there is a, there is a delta between the perception of where the technology it really is, and where the where people believe it is, mm -hmm. and while people are debating about the fact that VR and AR is an important thing, some people are doing it, and suddenly just this is just there, and you say, "Oh yes, no, obviously." Yeah. So there, there's these breakthroughs, like there are stairs in this in this adoption. It's not something that is is, uh, is linear, and uh, and I think it is going to be quite important because I have a prediction related to the fact that we're going to uh, we're going to go through a crisis period uh, which is going to be generated by the AR glasses AR glasses yes it, it's it's a non topic you know when google had the smart glasses yeah exactly one of the hugest barrier was not the technical barrier was the perception that when you are wearing the glasses or let's say you and i are wearing those glasses yeah you don't know what i see about you and uh, i don't know what you see about me okay, what is the augmented information they solve it Obviously not. It's not. It's not a technology issue. It's a. It's a perception issue, and that means, uh, given all the power of ML and AI, you could know all my LinkedIn profile, who I am, what time is, what's my preferred topics, and my the story of my family. You can have all this metadata about me, that will uh, give you an upper hand, but on the other hand, will collapse the trust between you and I. Because I will not trust you to be in a fair relation with me because you have metadata about me that I might not be aware of. So I think in the in that's the, there. That, that's in a, when I'm thinking about it. That's I'm somehow I'm I'm just having a feeling of closing up, and, I, and I'm feeling naked, right? Without yeah. me allowing it to you know be uh, naked. Yes, and I, I think this is important because we all all people who are building the tech of tomorrow, or who are participating to that to that process. Uh, if we don't have kids, we're not thinking about it. But if you have a kid, mm -hmm. which is uh, which I'm lucky to uh, to have right now, uh, it changed completely my perception. And I'm thinking, what is the kind of tech and habits will I, I will leave behind me? Is it a, like a Facebook like where like nothing matters but money and how money how much money you have uh, will allow you to make like a funnel? It's a funnel. Yeah, it's just money. Engagement and yeah. funnel. Can I say it. everything if I pay enough? Yeah. Can I change the truth if I have enough money? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. which Facebook really does today. I'm pissed at them. Uh, or do we work to, towards something which is which, towards a technology which is more empathic? Mm -hmm. And in 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 my vision, and I'm trying to to provoke discussions around this. I think the holograms is going to be the next step in technology that will re that will heal the AR trust breaker, yeah. and will allow us to see the same thing at the same time. And then I think we're going to pass into a new, a new dimension. Yeah. So all these, uh, all these thoughts are, are, are really, really generated by the discussions we had inside the team, all this working, all this data, data creation, a lot of machine learning, uh, created a, a comp like an interesting universe inside the team that is far from being technical only. It's, it's really fun. Wow. That's, that's an amazing point to be and I think 
me also honored to somehow have a friend like you and be <laughs> be no really really no, no, really no in terms of me being somehow sitting on the on the, on the bench let's say and watching such a technology you know being born out of here right so it's it's really amazing um well thank you paul thank you very much for joining and uh having the time to to chat about teleport hq and where you are guys um thank i you wish you the us. best and hopefully um you're gonna finish strong the q4 right <laughs> yes q4 is going to be uh, full speed ahead and uh but even like the end of Q1 is going to be quite interesting. So okay. you should, you should so see what we're looking forward for you. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe, share and review our podcast because the voice of our community keeps us going forward. Find more episodes and discover different perspectives about tech and business and in our daily life. Thank you.